Hey guys and gals and all my best pals, you're listening to the Back When Podcast, a show that explores the pop culture of the 1980s and 1990s. Why? Because those are the years I grew up in. I'm your host, the one and only Big Ed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and join in on the discussion on today's episode. And now, on with the show. Cobra and Destro fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is the code. All right, everybody, welcome into the show today. If you couldn't tell from that uh, awesome theme song there, today's episode is going to be about G.I. Joe. Yeah, growing up in the 80s was a fantastic time for action figures, let me tell you. As a matter of fact, it was known as the era of the action figure throughout the toy world. The stores were loaded with all kinds of action figures, everything from G.I. Joe to GoBots to Transformers, Thundercats, even superpower action figures known as uh, the DC Universe. They had Batman, Superman, Aquaman, you know, all those amazing ones. Just flooding the aisles. It was a great time to go to the toy store as a kid or just any store that happened to have a toy aisle. Whether it be uh, KB Toys, Toys R Us, uh, some of the ones I went to back home were TGNY, uh, Coronet, Yellow Front, which was not a toy store, but it was a great store with a great toy section. And uh, what was this other one? Um, Sprouse Reitz or Sprouse Rights, something like that was the name. But anyway, some of you who are listening may remember those stores, and uh, it was a great time. Yeah, great little town we grew up in as well. Had a lot of fun there as a kid. It was a river town, a lake town. It was great, all kinds of stuff you could do. So, uh, as I said, we're going to get into G.I. Joe, but real quick, some of the other top toys that there were out there as uh, in the 1980s were Rubik's Cubes, uh, He-Man, and Man of, uh, Masters of the Universe, the Glow Worm, Cabbage Patch Kids, Transformers, Teddy Ruxpin, that really creepy talking teddy bear, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System with Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers available on there at the time, it was fantastic, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those were all things, those are all toys we can get into in later episodes episodes along with any games, movies, TV shows, anything else like that from the 80s and 90s that we all grew up on. Everything that was just great, you know, that we enjoyed as kids when we were coming of age. It was just a fantastic time to grow up. So anyway, on to the G.I. Joes now. Uh, It was just my favorite action figure, I think, as a kid. Um, It was fantastic. It came in a three and three quarter inch size. So it was a perfect action figure size, which is the popular size of most action figures now, anywhere from that to six inches actually about now. Um, It was just, it was really cool. Came out in 1982 in that size and it was great. They came in all all different characters, all different crazy-ass names for them as well, um, or just your regular names like on the G.I. Joe side. The artwork of the packages was just crazy. I loved all the bright colors that were on there, the really cool illustrations that were on the front, explosions in the background and stuff. It really made you not even have to second guess what the toy was about you know or anything like that it was just fantastic everything was custom made for that particular action figure you were buying it was it was awesome on the back there was 
bios about the characters that would kind of give you an insight into them and their personality and the type of stuff they were into. Uh, you'll have to indulge me for a second here. I'm going to read one of the bios on the back just to kind of give you an idea of what you were getting with this figure. You know, it wasn't just a, okay, here's army guy number one. Here's his rifle and here's his grenades. There you go. Go have fun. It gave you every little insight into them. So uh, the number one top guy for the G.I. Joe side of things was Duke. That was his name. And here is what it said about him. You know, code name Duke. File name Conrad S. Hauser. Primary military specialty, airborne infantryman. Secondary military specialty, artillery and small arms armorer. Birthplace, St. Louis, Missouri. Grade E8, Master Sergeant. Then he gives you the bio of his life, which is kind of cool. Duke was fluent in French, German, and English when he enlisted in 1967. He graduated at the top of his class at Airborne School in Fort Benning, Georgia. He opted for the U.S. Army Special Language School and specialized in Han Chinese and Southeast Asian dialects. He went special forces in 1969, worked with tribesmen in the boonies of South Vietnam ran four different special forces schools, and turned down an officer's commission in 1971. He commands by winning respect, and his current assignment is acting first sergeant of the G.I. Joe team. His statement released after declining the officer's commission, they tell me that an officer's job is to impel others to take the risks so that the officer survives to take the blame in the event of total catastrophe. With all due respect, sir, if that's what an officer does, I don't want any part of it. So that gives you a little bit into his mindset, into his um, personality, so to speak, and the type of character that he was. So it was really cool that you got that stuff with with these action figures. You know, there was no second guessing, is this guy a good guy or a bad guy? You knew right away on the package for one. And if you were a kid who watched the cartoon religiously, such as I did, you already knew that going into it. But if you were new to the series, it was great to kind of see all of that stuff involved with there. And... Um, one more for the bad guys was Cobra Commander. This is fairly brief and pretty much classifies any bad guy. File name classified, primary military specialty, intelligence, uh, secondary military specialty, ordnance. So, of course, he loved to blow stuff up. Birthplace classified, great. He's the commander-in-chief of Cobra Command Forces. And it just says, absolute power, total control of the world, its people, wealth, and resources. That's the objective of Cobra Commander. This fanatical leader rules with an iron fist. He demands total loyalty and allegiance. His main battle plan is for world control. He relies on revolution and chaos. He personally led uprisings in the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and other trouble spots. He's responsible for kidnapping scientists, businessmen, and military leaders, then forcing them to reveal their top-level secrets. Cobra Commander is hatred and evil personified and corrupt. A man without scruples, probably the most dangerous man alive. So that's the type of stuff you got when you bought these action figures. It was really cool and just let you into their mind and their personality and all of that. So there was no second guessing how, you know, to use these guys, play these guys, whatever you want to say, you know. It was just, it was really cool. Made everything a lot more realistic to society at the time versus this guy has special powers who can shoot laser beams out his eyes and all of that stuff. You didn't need any of that stuff with G.I. Joe. It was just bad guy versus good guy, good versus evil, you know, whatever you want to say. It was fantastic. It was really just black and white. There was nothing in the early days of G.I. Joe, I should say, in my time, not in the 60s when it first came out, but in the 80s, 
it was pretty much good versus evil, like we saw on TV all the time against, you know, the Russians and everybody else who didn't like us at the time. So it was great. One other good thing about these figures was how much you could move them. You know, the Star Wars figures were also popular at the time. You could move their arms up and down, their legs forward and back, and their head side to side. That was it for the Star Wars figures. So it was like, eh. Kind of limited on what you could do with them. Whereas G.I. Joe had 12 different points of articulation. You could bend them at the elbows, turn their hands different ways, put their head up and down, side to side, bend them at the knee, everything. You do all kinds of different poses with them, all kinds of stuff and battle with them. It was just great. It really let your imagination soar with everything else you could do with it. It just lended to the whole experience of playing with them that much more. It was really cool. Me and my friends always had a ton of fun playing with them, you know. And the vehicles they had, the vehicles were, a lot of them in the early days were inspired by real military vehicles that they had at the time. Um, there was a great realism to them because of that, and the attention to detail for recreating them was pretty cool. There was a jet that they had in particular um, that was called Sky Striker. It was modeled after the F-14 Tomcat, which was made extremely popular by the movie Top Gun. Um, so just to give you an idea of what that plane looked like. And everything that you got as far as the vehicles always came with somebody to pilot that vehicle, to drive that vehicle, whatever you want to say. And so it was cool. You got a vehicle and you got a figure at the same time versus having to buy a vehicle, then having to go buy a second, you know. You know, you can see your parents now. No, you're getting one. You're not getting two. You're only getting one this trip to the store. Well, hey, you just got two. You got a figure and a vehicle all in one. So that was always a good thing. Uh, I really enjoyed that. They had a Jeep-like, if you want to say, vehicle that was called the Vamp, V-A-M-P. And the driver's name was Clutch. And they always got kind of creative with the driver's names of some of these vehicles. And to me, you're driving a vehicle, your name's Clutch. I think that's kind of creative, kind of funny. I don't know. They had um, – some of them were pretty plain names for the vehicles. They're like assault vehicle. Well, okay. Aren't they all assault vehicles? But either way, this guy that came with it, the vehicle driver's name, Treadmark. <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's just kind of funny. Treadmark is the name, you know, kind of like uh, Skidmark or something like that. And you can kind of go where that relates to. But anyways, some of the other names that they had for some of the characters, Duke, as I already said, Flint, who was his right-hand man, and then Hawk. And then you had Lady J, you had the Baroness, um, there was other Scarlet. So you actually had women in combat roles in the show back then, so that was really cool. Um, They had some cool ninja characters as well, like Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow. Those were always good ones. Those were some of our favorites growing up. Me and my friend Damon would play... G.I. Joe for hours on end. It was always a great time getting together with him. And then as time went on, we I mean, we just went through all the action figures together. It was it was a great time. We were great friends growing up, and we're still good friends today. One of my other favorites was Shipwreck. He was a U.S. Navy sailor. And on the G.I. Joes, everybody was from a different branch. You had the Coast Guard. You had the Army. You had the Marines. You had the Navy. You know, you had the Air Force. Everything. Everybody was there. So... Shipwreck was obviously, like I said, he was a sailor in the Navy, and that's how his character came dressed, in sailor uniform. But then the funny thing was he came with a parrot. I don't know, you know, whatever, just one of those things. And believe it or not, the parrot's name was Polly, so not real original on that name, but hey, pretty cool. Um, And in the cartoon, he was just a hilarious character, and of course the um, parrot made it just that much more funny. There was a hardcore, really diehard Marine. His name was Gung Ho. 
He was another one of our favorites. I mean, I didn't own the first Gung Ho that came out. He had the big globe and anchor tattoo on his chest, and he just a grizzled, hardcore Marine, you know, really cool figure to have. I didn't have the first one that came out. I had version two of Gung Ho that came out where he was in his Marine dress blues, and I think all my friends who I played G.I. Joe's with had that one. And I'm not sure if he was a mail-in order figure or what, but um, I did have a couple of them. You couldn't get every single character in the stores some of them were only available as mail-in where you know you had to cut off the proof of purchase on the back of the pack mail that in with maybe just a couple bucks for shipping honestly but as long as you could show hey i've bought you know seven gi joe figures okay so you send in seven proofs of purchase a little bit of money to cover shipping boom you got cobra commander the the original cobra commander with just the silver face was uh mail order only and then two years later, they finally released him into the stores. So it was kind of cool if you got a mail order, you know, you were like, hey, look what I got. None of you guys can go get this at the store. So ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of a cool thing. And then they later on introduced a couple real world characters as G.I. Joe figures. Uh, I believe the first of which was Sergeant Slaughter, who was popular as a WWF wrestler at the time. But his character in WWF was military and like a drill sergeant and everything like that. So they released him as a G.I. Joe figure. And then with Super Bowl twenty, with the Bears winning and William the Refrigerator Perry scoring that touchdown, the big old lineman guy, um, they ended up releasing him as a G.I. Joe figure as well. Um, and to keep him in the whole football way of things, his character came with a jersey on. And, God, I even want to say he had football pants on and stuff like that. And his weapon was a football on a chain. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, they got creative with some. Others, it was like, what's his weapon? Oh, give him a football. I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird to me. But it was still a fun character to have. And, um, God, I wish I still had some of those. They'd be worth so much money right now. Uh, It's crazy, 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 crazy to think what some of these toys are worth. And to even look up and see. They had this one um, vehicle I wanted for so long. It was called the USS Flag, F-L-A-G-G. It was the aircraft carrier for the G.I. Joes. It was ginormous. It was seven and a half feet long, and it was the aircraft carrier, so it had to be big enough to hold some of the G.I. Joe vehicles on it, you know, the planes and stuff like that. So you had to know it was going to be big. I always wanted it, always circled it in that Sears wish book every year. Um, Didn't get it. But that's all right. That's no big deal. I was uh, appreciative of every single G.I. Joe toy I ever got as a kid. And uh, I don't even know where I would have put a toy that big, seven and a half feet long. I mean, I had a big room, shared it with my two brothers. So there probably would have been room in there for it. But good God in heaven, I couldn't imagine that. Anyway, if you found one of those now, mint in box, what they're saying is it could go for $5,000. Good Lord, can you imagine that? I couldn't even imagine saving any of the toys from back then that long, mint in a box. Within two minutes of getting home, if I didn't open it in the car on the way home, you know, that thing was tore up outside, playing with it, getting it dirty, whatever. It didn't matter. You know, so anybody who managed to have any of those things saved in the box now, hats off to you. You know, good job. I couldn't do it. But, hey, whatever. I bought them to play with. I didn't buy them to just hold on to and think that sometime later in life it would be an an investment or something like that. So, hey, great stuff. And whenever my friends and I would get together, it was always great. You know, you'd get together with them if it was at your house, their house, whatever. And you would always bring a minimum of at least 10 figures. You know, you'd always bring your favorites. Get together, you'd have a big battle in the backyard or 
an empty lot across the street or whatever. Or in my case, a lot of us had um, some of the water vehicles that they had. We had like the boats and like the rafts and stuff like that. So we wouldn't go to the river because the current would take those things away and <laughs> buy for that toy forever. But I had this blue blanket and God, I don't know how many years I had that thing as a kid, but I would get it and we'd spread it out on the floor in my room and we'd even kind of curl up the edges or whatever we had to do to shape it to the body of water we wanted, you know, and that was our water. That's where the only place in the room where you could do your water battles or whatever it was. And we'd get other blankets or anything else I had in my room, other toy sets, whatever it was, to use them as hideouts, bases, whatever, whatever you wanted to call it. It was just always good. You just get lost in your own little worlds in there. I mean, even if you didn't have friends over, you know, I don't care what you were playing with, whether it was My Little Pony, Barbies, G.I. Joes, Transformers, anything like that. You knew if you were in your room playing with your toys, man, that was your world. Nothing could upset you. Nothing could get to you. Nobody could bother you. Anything you just got lost in your own imagination and man it was just great times you didn't have to look at some computer screen or anything like that you were just you and that toy world were one it was great it was such a good time yeah i I mean i'm not gonna lie i came up with some of my best stuff then you know you're sitting there playing with all those toys you got all kinds of just these crazy battles going on and you might not even be saying a word out loud you're having all these conversations in your head somebody peeks in your room sees you you're just sitting there having a battle now they're making a noise everything's all in your head your imagination is just running wild or you are making all those crazy sound effects you know making all the bomb explosions and the gunfires you know and all of that stuff either way it was always a good time and you know people nowadays sometimes they worry too much about whether their kid is isolating in their room oh why is he being alone why is he doing that man that was great that was a great time even if you got in trouble by your parents go to your room not a problem that's where all my toys are (laughs) i'll be able to have fun for hours in my room thank you (laughs) so anyways it was just you know you remember how it was growing up I don't know whether you look on it as fondly as I do or whatever, but I look back at my childhood. I had a great childhood. I absolutely loved that time, and I look forward to getting into more of these discussions with you about some of these uh, things, and um, whether it be movies, TV shows, whatever it was, anything you want to do, whether it was a game you always played with family members that brought good memories, anything like that. That's what this show is going to be about for you. I want you to get just as involved as you want to. If you want to be a guest on the show and we can discuss some of that stuff, oh, my God, I'm so open to that. That would be amazing. We can we can do it. We can make it happen. Trust me. Now, back to the G.I. Joes a little bit here, um, and then we'll wrap things up. As I started to get older, I think it was more towards uh, the late 80s, 1988, 1989, um, they started kind of getting a little weird with G.I. Joe. It wasn't sticking to the original mission, you should say, of that particular toy line. Um, First, it was okay. They kind of stuck with it. They released this line called Tiger Force, G.I. Joe. And it was like, okay, great. Hey, there's Duke. There's Hawk. There's Flint. There's all these people. There's Lady J, Shipwreck, you know, all the favorites. Well, now they're just, they're the same people, but their clothes are painted different. Okay. So now Shipwreck is wearing black pants instead of blue, a yellow shirt instead of light blue, and now that yellow shirt has dark black tiger stripes on it. Okay, what the hell is he being camouflaged from? You know, I was talking to my friend Damon about this the other night when we were, when I was kind of prepping for this episode. I knew, man, if I could talk to anybody to get some insight 
other than myself into G.I. Joe, who could it be? So I got a hold of Damon, and we were talking about this stuff, and it's like, he liked them. You know, I liked them, too. They weren't—I didn't love them. They definitely weren't my favorite characters at that time at all. But if I got any, like I said, hey, I was appreciative to get those figures. But it just—what are you hiding from with bright yellow shirt with dark stripes on it? How can that camouflage you from anything? Or this guy now has a purple shirt with dark stripes. Oh, and instead of the blonde hair like his original character had, now he's got dark brown hair. What? What the hell? So they just started changing some things on the figures. Then it was just like, what are you doing? I know it's a money grab. Now you got to buy these characters again because they're wearing different clothes. Of course it's a money grab. There's kids out there that go, but mom, I got to have Tiger Force Duke. You know, okay, fine. Here you go, kid. There you go. Trust me. I got them. Was I in love with them? No. Did I like them? Sure. They did lend to different play experiences, I guess you could say, different battles you could do or whatever. But I think it was at that time when I started to realize, you know, maybe G.I. Joe just ain't for me anymore. Maybe action figures are kind of not the way I want to go anymore. You know, maybe I'm moving away from toys. Maybe I'm growing. You know, maybe I'm getting older and this part of my life is over. Now I'm going to spend more time on my bike, you know, <laughs> doing this, doing that, whatever. It just seemed like they were definitely getting away from what brought me to it originally. And when that happens, that's when you start to realize, you know, I am definitely not the target audience anymore. The target audience is this age group. I am now not in that age group. So maybe it's time to just say sayonara to old G.I. Joe. Then they came up with this other one called Python Patrol, which was for the Cobra side of things. So, okay, now the bad guys had this group called the Python Patrol. How did they dress those guys? In the exact same clothes they originally had, painted different colors, and they put a snakeskin print over the top of everything. I don't know about you. I've never been too crazy about snakeskin print on any clothes. <laughs> but they did it with these army guys. And I don't know. I've been in the army. I don't see any reason to have snakeskin camouflage. It just didn't make any sense, especially the way that they did it, you know. But whatever. That's the way they were going. That's the way they were going. And the last group that they brought out that I kind of really didn't like was called Slaughter's Marauders. Obviously, they were Sergeant Slaughter's little hit squad. But they came out in bright blue and bright green clothing. What the hell are you going to hide from in dayglow colors? Nothing I can think of. So it was about that time my whole involvement with G.I. Joe was pretty much over, you know. Um, after that, they started introducing space figures. You know, leave that to Star Wars. Star Wars cornered the market on space. That's what they're there for. U.S. military is not out fighting aliens in space and all of that. It just seemed weird. They were definitely getting away from what everybody loved about it. And yeah, I don't know if they just were trying too hard or just didn't care and knew they had to put out a certain amount of figures every year, so they did that. I mean, they even brought in the figures. They made figures out of the Street Fighter II video game characters. Okay, great. I liked the video game. Don't get me wrong. I loved playing video games. That's what I started graduating more towards, was video games and bike riding. You know what I mean? But Street Fighter 2, that's street fighting. That's what it was. It was a fighting video game. They are not G.I. Joe figures. Leave G.I. Joe figures to Army. Don't bring in all these other weird things. Anyway, I don't know. That definitely, like I said, ended my whole relationship with the G.I. Joe figure line, but it was... Um, you know, I look back on it, obviously, with a hell of a lot more fond memories about it than what the hell were they thinking when they did this? Because that was already towards the end when I wasn't doing it anyway. 
Um, I mean, to this day, I still walk through toy aisles and stores and look and see, oh, let's see if they've got this type of toy out again and where they've taken the direction of this from when I was a kid. And a lot of it is just being repeated. Um, some of it for the better, some of it, uh, most of it for the worse. I don't know. It just seems weird what, they, what they're doing now. But, you know, now you see video game toys out there like Fortnite figures for kids, uh, Destiny figures for kids. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I see a cool Star Wars figure, I buy it. I put it on a shelf in the basement down there. It looks awesome. You know, I love some of the new Star Wars stuff that's out. That's really cool. I haven't seen anything new G.I. Joe in I don't know how long. So I think that toy line is kind of dead right now. I'm not sure. If anybody knows any different, you can correct me on that. Um, but anyways, that's um, that's kind of what I needed to say about G.I. Joe this time around. Um, I don't know. It could be something we can delve into in a later episode, but I think I covered a pretty good amount of it here. Um, if you'd like to be a guest on the show for any fig- anything that uh, you grew up with, I don't care if it's Cabbage Patch Kids, My Little Pony, Barbie, any of the girl toys, um, any of the toys that were more geared for boys, anything like that. It does not matter to me. I can talk about it with you if you want. Um, I'm open to all of that stuff. TVs, movies, TV shows, as I just said again, <laughs> any of that stuff. So anyway, like I said, follow us on Facebook to join in on the um, discussion after the show. If you have any other memories you'd like to put on there about G.I. Joe for this episode or anything like that or um, ideas for future episodes. I'm always open to ideas for future episodes. So anyway... Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah.